93.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15 year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Yeah, Zoe is here in studio joining us right now for the next hour as we talk a little uh, football. We talk Cardinals. Wolf, I know you've been excited about this story from way back at the like the start of the offseason when we first found out that the Cardinals might be practicing with Tennessee, and now next <laughs> yeah. week it's going to happen. Uh, but, Zoe, I, I just want to get your thoughts before we get into whatever's going on with Carolina and New England when they practice together. Just uh, from your experience, what sort of extra benefit does that give you to – finally get to hit somebody else instead of just your teammates over and over again in preseason. Yeah, well, I think it does a, a, a couple of things, right? Especially as we think about the preseason as we know it and how it's significantly shifted from, you know, you get your ones out there the first week, you know, they play maybe a quarter, then, then a, a half, then maybe the first series of that third game or that third uh, quarter in that third game, to now these, these – uh, joint practices have almost become a showcase for the first team because now you're playing against another first team, but you're in a controlled environment. And so you really don't have to worry about the quarterback getting hurt or getting hit or taking unnecessary punishment. And you get to go against somebody new and fresh. And so you, a lot, the ones will get a lot of, got a lot of reps there. And for me, I really enjoyed it, especially when you had two strong head coaches, right? We had, um, uh, Sean McDermott and then Ron Rivera. Obviously, Sean McDermott knew Ron really well and they set the tone early. So, Maybe 10 years ago, I remember 2012 or 2013 when I was first was here and we was watching TV and watching all these joint practices and it was just fights left and right, left and right. Man, like this is, we're not getting nothing done out here. And I think the head coach, especially when you have guys like that, Belichick, right, where he's at, when they set the tone early, you act, it's actually really productive. You get something out of it. You don't have fights every five seconds. And you really get to see uh, the ones versus their ones in a controlled environment where you're really minimizing a lot of the risks that you take when you play guys in the, in the preseason. Where do you see preseason in the next five years in the National Football League? Where do you see itself? I, I think it will eventually, I mean, if you ask the league, they probably would like to get to 18 games and take preseason down to, to two games, right? Uh, from a logistic standpoint, especially when we think about um, as these joint practices grow and, and you can get production out of that and get ready for the season because preseason doesn't make them a ton of money, right? That's not what the networks are playing for because it really doesn't mean anything. It's exhibition. It's more for coaches and GMs to evaluate their guys, to put their teams together. And a lot of those guys already know, generally speaking, probably the top, let's say, 40 guys, right? And that last bottom 10, and you may have a diamond in the rough here and there that, that, that becomes a surprise. But they, they generally know who's going to be on their team. And so there's not as, I think, a significant as emphasis as it was, you know, um, you know, 15 years ago. 20 years ago when football also wasn't year-round. And that's why it was so important because guys had other jobs. And I'm pretty sure you played with guys that had other jobs, right? Oh, yeah. Was it right it, before you? Really Craig. Right, it was right, Craig. Yeah, so, your brother, so you was, know. So your brother, yes. right? So you saw him where he may have had to work at a car dealership or in a in a financial office in the offseason because football wasn't as lucrative as it was. And so when you came back, training camp was actually to get guys in shape. And so you had yep. football so hard, it had to be hard because 
because you had this small window that you had to fit everything in and making sure guys had to be ready, be prepared, and be able to be physical enough to, to play football. Now that shifted significantly, and but that was a little bit behind than, than where guys were yeah. as far as being year-round. You know, it, it's interesting because I, I've never talked to you about this, but I honestly think, too, it, it used to be a prerequisite where you had to be tough to play the game of football. I don't think you necessarily have to be anymore. You, I would agree with that because it's, it's a lot of guys in the league right now that would not have been able to play in your era. Even when I first got in the league, it was just, it was just different. I'm not saying it's better. It's not bad, I'm saying man, it's yeah, different. It's different. Exactly yeah, right. Coaches yes. wanted tough guys, yes. and they made it. They was intentional about making it hard. This is why I love talking <laughs> to him because, because seriously, Zoe yeah, yeah. is the bridge player. He's the ultimate bridge player. I've talked to you right, about yeah, this yeah. before in the past. He actually, when he first started playing, I I totally recognize his game and everything he went through. Right, right. And the type of training camps he was in. <laughs> yeah. I totally understand. But at, by the end of his career, it was totally different. That's why we keep bringing him you in, because he understands. Yeah, it's a beautiful perspective. It's a big shift, and I think that's just how culture and everything is shifts. The football has shifted, and it's obviously more health and safety, right? And you have to have yep. that blend, because tough. To figure out if a guy is really tough, you're not really worried about health and safety so yeah. much. <laughs> they don't go <laughs> hand in know? hand. They really don't go <laughs> hand in hand. And so we've had to find the blend of how do I figure out a guy is, is, is tough and can be resilient and play this game, but also obviously we're not trying to uh, hinder guys from living productive lives yep. after they finish the game. Right. You mentioned, though, you don't necessarily get a lot out of these joint practices if you're just fighting the whole time. This right. is Mike Giardi uh, yesterday talking about what's going on with New England and Carolina. This is after a couple fights yesterday that forced both coaches to gather their teams around them and say, guys, we're wasting time. Enough is enough. This isn't what good teams do. Well, guess what? They started today with a couple of massive brawls. A Donnybrook, really, that happened when Christian McCaffrey was knocked out of bounds in front of a full house of fans. The resulting football fling at Dietrich Wise led to bodies flying, and in fact, one fan actually got hit by a helmet of one of the Patriot players. Turns out that she is fine. Hit her in the foot. She refused medical attention, and she got some free tickets, I think, to an upcoming game. But meanwhile, players were once again thrown out, including Kenny Robinson of Carolina. Now, Robinson's problem was it happened in a thud drill on a kickoff in which Christian Wilkerson got absolutely popped, the Patriots returner. Now, it wasn't supposed to be full contact. And then Robinson stood over Wilkerson. I thought it at one point, it looked like he was gesturing for medical staff to come over. The Patriots thought that he was taunting the player, and it turns out Matt Rule, the Carolina coach, thought that as well. They sent Robinson packing. Robinson actually came out after getting thrown out looking to talk to Rule in a nice manner, and Scott Fitterer, the GM, said, no, 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 you've been tossed. Get out of here. And as we talked to Rule afterwards, he said, there's just no place for that. He said, we want to be talking about football. We don't want to be talking about fights. So here's the thing, Zoe. I'm shocked. I'm, 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 I'm actually shocked that this is happening to Bill Belichick. I'm I was surprised he didn't find guys for contact detrimental. Yeah, because right? it is a waste of your yeah, time. It's a waste a of time. Point. Yeah, yeah. I, I honestly, um, I, I believe it's it's a lot of it has got to do with the fact that he is going to turn it back. I think as well, the offense they're going to run. Yeah, it's going to be built or it's going to be twenty one personnel, and they're going to hammer it with Mac Jones. <laughs> I mean, that's the kind of offense I right. think they have to. Yeah, run. yeah. I mean, they got to be physical. But go ahead. What were you about to say? Look, well, I was going to say. I mean, they, they play tomorrow. Like I understand it's a preseason game. <laughs> And it's a game, yeah. so you don't want to take dumb penalties in a game. But they, these two teams are going to play tomorrow after fighting with each other all week. Yeah, it just, um, 
you know, you got to be a professional at some point. And obviously, when you're out there, it is another guy. So you're, I'm a little bit more uh, jumpy, especially when you hit a guy on the sideline, right? I'm that okay. You started. I'm about to finish it. Type of mentality. Yeah. So I understand we got to come to our guys' aid, but the guy shouldn't be even be in that mindset right then. You're not. You're not went and and I, and I know Bill Belichick talked about this. I know Matt Rule. They talked about this. So they have to be aware and smart because when I had ours. We didn't have fights. I mean, guys got into it a little bit, but nobody was fighting out there. It was very productive, and so maybe it's a lack of veteran leadership. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but you definitely don't want to have that, especially with the Cardinals next week. You don't want to have that because you don't get what you need to get out of it, so that you can start the season. You know, obviously from an individual standpoint, Chris, but then also collectively being able to get some things kind of ironed out when you're going against guys that aren't familiar with you, right? That are game kind of game planning against you a little bit, and and and. And, and you get to see somebody different and how to, how they respond to what you t- typically do. It's just so amazing because the mindset you go into a game with is completely different than the mindset you go into a practice with. Right. It just is. Um, right. And because of that, everybody knows you're not going to fight in a game. You're not going to do right, it because right. if you do, <laughs> you're, right. you're going to cross those 15 yards and you get rejected and you're going to be fine. Yeah. Nobody ever does it. Right. But in practice, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a practice, but that's man. What, no rules. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like Bill Belichick is known for, like if you miss multiple meetings, he'll give you, he'll find you contact detrimental to each meeting, right? And it'll cut you. Right. Yeah, that too. So if you're out there fighting, right, in, in a way that's contact, I don't know if it'll hold up, but at least that's what I'm going in, I'm hey, anybody fight, you're going to get fined and you're going to run yeah, for the rest of the practice. Right. Kind of like what B.A. did, right? Nobody wanted to run and, and it only took one time, right? It was a uh, doc, I think it was yeah, the first hit me, I forgot Donnell the, and uh, who was the tackle that was so well? Maybe it was Bradley he was fighting. Was it Eric Winston? Or no, I don't think no, it was no, Winston. Maybe it might have been not. Bradley's soul. I okay. think, I think All I remember is Dockett that fighting. Was, that might have been the first fight and they yeah. ran literally the whole practice and after you see that, Man, I ain't doing that. No, so you just rain it. it. You just rain it back in, and so I, I, maybe they didn't address it. Maybe they assumed, but they can be productive unless it gets out of control, right? And then, then you have to have leadership kind of step totally. in, player leadership, and saying, "What we doing? We ain't out here wasting our time. Let's get this work in and get out of here." All right, we come back. Zoe's going to stick around. Deshaun Watson has been handed an eleven-game suspension. We'll get into what that means next. The lowdown continues with the latest news around the National Football League. It's the Wolf and Luke Show on 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 98.7 FM, Arizona Sports Station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15 year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. See that right there, Basinonians? That's called legacy. See, that's your legacy right there. What other people say of you. Very interesting. What you do and what you say, the decisions you make in your life. You don't actually have a say about your legacy. You really don't. Other people, that's their perspective. 
And that's why I love that intro with you, because that is your legacy. No, I appreciate that. You stop and think about that. I appreciate it. Decisions you've made in your life. Things you do, things you say, things you don't do, things you don't say. Yeah. That's your legacy. No, that's good. And we'll we'll get into it. Obviously, we're going to talk about Deshaun Watson and Hollywood Brown, right? And and that's a, a, a progression, too, right? Because I wasn't all my legacy wasn't always that you know if we always gonna be honest. Cause I even ta- heard you talk about uh, you getting in your brother's trans end, yes. right, and letting that yes. thing go, right. Yep. So we all have those moments. That's right, right. Where we just let go, and this is not who we are, oh. or we just go, you know, just young and dumb, eighteen, twenty. People, we tend to forget as parents or grandparents. We or we act like we forget, right. But if you're gonna real be honest with yourself. We've made a lot of bad mistakes. I know I have. I've just learned from them. And I've been around other great men and women that helped me transition and turn from those things to turn to something differently. And ultimately, you know, for me, we just talked about it, right? It's, it's my faith at the, at, the co- at the core of that. That's so, right, but yeah, I appreciate that. So I don't want to derail our, no, our, our segment. Because you're saying like, yeah. oh, I kind of did. It's yeah, yeah. what I do. Yeah. See, I, like, I like what Zoe said more than what you said, Wolf, <laughs> because if, if your legacy is based on what people say on rejoins of this show, Oh, mine is Jared Carlin oh, saying yeah. I'm anything except great. That's right. my whole legacy. It's like three seconds just destroying me every day. It's just at everyone, they, they're so worried about controlling yeah, their legacy. Right. You know, forget about that. Just live your life and yep. make good decisions in your life and say good things. Learn from the mistakes. Wow, look at this. We're like we're like uh, just doling out life advice. Yeah, life through, coaches through through uh, football. Zoe's going to become like a life coach at some point. Yeah, that's what I'm in school is. for. Yeah, yeah. It already is, man. <laughs> yeah I was going to say you kind of already are. Uh, all right, you brought up. Uh, uh, Deshaun Watson in there. This is Ian Rappaport explaining the suspension and fine for Watson because it seems like we, if nothing else, have some finality on this story now. You know, the two sides, the NFL and the NFLPA, and those lawyers representing Deshaun Watson finally reached a point where they all could agree that it was time to put this issue, this long, long issue, months and months, year, year-long saga to bed. And, you know, it, it's a situation, Judy, where uh, I would say both sides probably wanted... Uh, uh, a little bit of a different outcome, like any compromise, like any negotiation. Both sides are not entirely comfortable with this, but it is certainly time to move on. So let's look at what this ended up being. It is an 11-game suspension for Deshaun Watson, nearly double the original suspension from Sue L. Robinson, who was jointly appointed by the NFL and the NFLPA. This, of course, came uh, with the following the statements that Roger Goodell made, saying that Deshaun Watson deserved a full year. Ends up short of that, but certainly much more than these six games. He also is going to pay a $5 million fine, uh, which from my understanding is also going to go along with $1 million donations from the Cleveland Browns and from the NFL uh, to groups to promote healthy relationships and other uh, other such matters. A uh, couple things, a lot of things here. But, uh, so I'm going to start here on the football side of things. His first game back is December 4th in Houston. I right. Mean, there's just, there's no coincidences ever, right? Yeah, it's crazy. My, well, I, I, again, I'm on a text chain with a whole bunch of my buddies. That was the first thing. Yeah. Said, this first game is against Houston. Man, they, they couldn't make this story any better, right? But, you know, that's just obviously just what happened, coincidence as far as that. I don't know if they was trying See, to get away around me, though, that, though. I don't, I, that I don't know if they was so around it. Say, how else could they, honestly, 10 games. I thought it was going to be right. 10 games. Yeah. Right? You know, 10 so do 10 and then miss the Houston game? T- 10 games and then tw- or 12 games. That's what I thought it was going to be. But oh. to go 11 
where suddenly his first game back is going to be against the Houston Texans. Uh, if I was right. the NFL, I'd, I'd almost go, forget about that. We'll go 10. <laughs> we'll go 10. But you still got to play it Houston, makes it look, uh, What do you mean? Right. Yeah. So if you go ten, you still got you still you still got a plan. So it's still going to be a story, but, but not his first game back. It almost looks like they planned it where it's going to be eleven <laughs> weeks, where his first game back is going to be against the Texans. So, only that thing kind I can of say, right? Well, so the NFL, so the the PA, so let's say the NFL is like, well, we don't want this. The PA is on the other side saying, well, let's do ten. To your point, we know that's getting too far away from. So it's like a, a back and forth. I don't think they brought in the PR perspective on this because it's already a PR yeah, disaster. But it's already a disaster. Uh, yeah, it it's is. It already is what it is. You're it right. I don't it think it's any worse. You're still. Well, I think you just made it worse by may, almost trivializing it to a point where we're going to give you a suspension where your first game back is going to be against the Texans. It is. I'm just playing uh, devil's right. advocate. Yeah. Here, but it is the halfway point basically between a six game suspension and a full season suspension, I guess, technically. It just happens five. to be yeah. Houston. We really would be halftime if that game would be the halfway point. At that point, you know I'm, like, I'm surprised yeah, I'm the PR guy in the room didn't stand up and say, hey, guys, told him to sit down and shut up. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, you, you sit down and shut up. And I know George Potty stood up and said something. That's the PA guy for the PA. No, you be quiet right now, my man. Let's, <laughs> we're trying uh, to minimize this thing. a little strange. It is a little strange. And I'm sure we'll talk about this more. But while Zoe's here, I do want to get into this other story. This is uh, Aaron Rodgers talking. Talking about his young receivers, though. Now remember, he's got young receivers because Aaron Rodgers making most of the money in Green Bay. I feel really bad for Jordan tonight because, you know, we had a couple, you know, total mental busts. We had a drop for a pick. We had, you know, two guys running who knows what on the third one. I should have thrown the ball there probably, but some of that's veteran stuff, making veteran mistakes. So we're going to shift that perspective a little slight. A slight adjustment here moving forward because it's it's getting close to that time where it's going to count, and I need guys out there I can trust. I mean, you know, I understand to a certain extent. Maybe you're talking to your players through the media. Maybe you are trying to motivate, but there's a, there's a fine line, right? They've got some rookie receivers. They got very yeah. young receivers. They're going to have to depend on because Aaron Rodgers is making most of the money. Yeah, that's Aaron Rodgers being Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I don't think he's ever. I mean, especially the this later version of Aaron Rodgers. Yeah, everything, is, everything, is in the, everything is in the media, right? For yeah. him, this is how he how he operates. I don't, and I don't, and I don't know, you know, you know what he's doing, but that's part of it. But it it sounds like he's about to take a more of an intentional. Hopefully, it's more of a leadership thing. Like, hey, we got to get over this. So if I'm going to meet, we're going to come out here early. We're going to stay after practice, but we got to get this stuff dialed in because, first of all, I don't want to look bad on opening weekend. That's what it sounds like because this is just – this is uncalled for. So – but that's just how he's operating. I don't know necessarily know if I like that 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 approach from a player perspective versus making it a we statements. You know that's always the positive. Now you can you know when you get to a certain status you can do whatever you want to, but it still looks bad on you when you from a inside the locker room standpoint. Now ain't nobody gonna say nothing to him because it's a Rod, but still being who he is and where he's at, he should definitely be making. Hey man, we didn't look good. We we were running bad routes out there, right? I, we know Aaron ain't running routes, yeah. but we just sounds like I'm a part of it because maybe I haven't worked with you as much as I should have knowing that you're young, right? You, you, it becomes more inclusive and not just pointing fingers. 
97.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. 23 years in the National Football League, and I can tell you this. There is nobody that I admire and respect more than Lorenzo Alexander. Those guys, he's like a lunch bell guy. That blue collar pills are coming to work. He's going to outwork you every single play. 15-year NFL veteran Lorenzo Alexander joins Wolf and Luke to give us the lowdown on the Cardinals and the NFL. Yeah, Zoe is here for one more segment. We want to make the most of that. I do just want to get this message out, though, again, because we're having some issues with the phone lines. If you are calling in to become a champion of hope, you might be able to get through. But if you can't, then uh, you can just text GIVE to 620-620 because we're having some Internet issues around the building. Right say now. that one more time. Text GIVE to 620-620. You can donate that way as well. All right. Now, we had this conversation a little bit earlier. Wolf, uh, I want to get Zoe's thoughts on this, though. I think he's the perfect guy, actually, to talk to. Um, um, we played the clip. Hollywood Brown spoke yesterday. I'll, I'll play both of them again. They're both pretty quick. He spoke yesterday for the first time, really, publicly since uh, since the speeding incident. Uh, and just learn from it. Uh, nah, not a guy to get in trouble. So, you know, I just put it in my past and, you know, make sure I'm always doing the right things at, at, at all times. And he followed it up with this? Uh, I mean, very disappointed. I mean, I got a lot of kids that look up to me, so I want to set the right example at all times. So, Zoe, we were talking about this earlier and I get it like you know there's a certain level of burnout right if you're a fan you're like okay well you know this guy's getting in trouble well, Hollywood Brown hasn't gotten in trouble before I'm not trying to absolve if he was really doing 126 and a 65 that obviously he and a lot of other people are very fortunate that that didn't get really bad and all he got was a was a, a ticket and got arrested but right um, but at the same time you know if he really if he hasn't gotten in trouble in the past and he's trying to get better about it now there is room for second chances too, huh? Yeah, yes. Yeah. So, I mean, there's always room for it's growth. I mean, he's a young man, um, and again, you know, if you're gonna be honest with yourself, you've been there too, right? And I know we all didn't go 126, but you probably didn't have a car that went 126, <laughs> right? You know, we talk about guys blowing money. You probably never had that type of money to blow. So I don't. I, I say that because I don't want people to judge. Like, man, what are these dudes doing? If you're in those same positions when you're that young, you may make the same mistake as well. And so it's all about him moving through it. And so his biggest thing, and I don't know Hollywood personally, but just in those few statements, okay, he's aware, right? Aware of his mistake, right? He's aware of the impact that his mistake has on his fans and the younger generation that's watching him, right? And so now all I can do. Especially if you if you have a relationship and I and I trust you to to some degree already. All right, now let me see what you look like moving forward. It's one thing to do all those things and then two weeks later, you know, you show up late for a meeting, right? Or you come late out late to practice, or you have another encounter with the law, or maybe I, I see on your Instagram you out at the club before a game, right? Then that's when you start to worry, right? Guys make mistakes, and it's all about how they shift and change, and do they move forward? What, who is he? Ninety five, ninety nine percent of the time, right? That's what that's what I want to see. We all get blown up over some of these things that guys do. We make mistakes, and yes, that's true. But who is he? Ninety nine percent of the time that's who I'm judging him in the locker room right and then we'll, then obviously what is he doing on the field because sometimes those things kind of carry out onto the field too if you're not trustworthy out in this space as a man sometimes that trickles in you don't know quite what you're doing which can lead to 
me getting hurt, which is the ultimate. That's why accountability, it leads to trust in the locker room. That's why it's so important because if you're not accountable on the football field, I, it could lead to me losing my job or, or ultimately getting hurt because you didn't block somebody, didn't run the right route, wh- whatever it may be to lose to, to distraction. So that's how the two are connected. And so that's why I always, as a guy, I want to I want to get great men. I want to have great men in my locker room that are talented because I know if you're a great man, you're going to be most likely a great football player and do all the things, right? But if you're just a great football player, I don't know. You may not be available to be a great football player, right? And so that's the way I'm always thinking um, as far as player development, bringing guys in and the, because of that impact it has on the team and in the locker room. Yeah, you know, I love that right there, the accountability that he showed and displayed by saying, hey, listen, you know what? i got to learn from it. He's admitting it was a mistake, obviously. We all understand that. Uh, he said it was very disappointing. <laughs> I love the fact that he said yeah. that about himself. A lot of kids that are going to look up to me, you know, I want to set that right example all of the time. That's accountability, to me, um, and there's a lot of, uh, you know, a lot of guys in, in professional sports where I, I don't know if being accountable is something that they truly want to be. I, I I believe Hollywood Brown when he says this, the sincerity. This is a guy that hasn't been in trouble. Right. So to me, I, I do believe that's very important, that kind of accountability. And I also know inside that locker room, to your point, it starts with every player being accountable first. It's also a little bit different in this case just perceptually because like Zoe said even as a fan base we don't even think we know Hollywood Brown yet because he's been here for you know a couple months and really he's only been out at practice for a couple weeks you know in your experience though do you and maybe you were the guy that pulled somebody aside but I mean is there does, does a player have to talk to him does a coach have to talk to him does somebody have to say anything or is it just kind of understood right so even though he's he's only been in Arizona for a couple of months right he's been in the league for what is this the third or fourth year now right fourth, and, yeah. and some guys knowing back to college so a lot of guys you know who Hollywood is. Steve Kahn know who he is based on other reports, right? And that's why it's so important about always having high character wherever you're at because that's the people talk. The league is a very small-knit family, and this happens in the real world, too, so always have high character. And so guys know who he is, right? And um, whether that's good or bad, they have an idea of who he is and who he is, and obviously Kyler knows him really well, right? And so this, again, is just that one mistake that came up, a blip. So I'm not judging you on that because I have all of mm-hmm. these other accounts of who you are on a day-to-day basis. And so I think that's what you move forward from from that perspective. From a fan perspective, because you're not in that circle, you're not in that world, it does feel fresh, it feels new. So this is like your first introduction, like, it ain't practice, and the first thing I hear about you is you're getting pulled over. Oh, So it's, 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 it's two different stories or perspectives kind of happening simultaneously. And so that's why you always have a perception of guys from a far away, because you really don't know him. You just know what the media and things that are put out there tell you about a guy where my my intimate personal relationship as a guy in that locker room and in the league, I have a much clearer understanding of who the human being is. And so that's why you always get like these two parallel stories. And so I had to even learn, like when we got new guys that I didn't know, I had to be open-minded and non-judgmental because of what I've seen on ESPN or who a guy is versus who he actually is in person could be ultimately be two different things. What's amazing as well, too, every player needs that peer, right? Every player inside the locker room. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. You need a peer. You need to be accountable, whether it's one individual or whether it's multiple people. You need to be accountable to them. And I love that about the Cardinals locker room. I think they've got a nice little peer group going on.
Nah, no, that's good. You gotta, you got, and you gotta be vulnerable to let people to your point speak to your life and help you out. And, yep. and I know you asked me, have I done that? I, I mean, I have. It's just, and you have good guys in the locker room. I know the Cardinals do. I've t- I know I'm friends with a couple of them. Yeah. When they identify guys, hey, let me show you how you do this, or you know, hey, this is how you be a dad, right? It's a whole bunch of things that is t- intentionally happening, and some is just, hey, hang out with me, and you kind of see it from just hanging out with me and, and my crew and you kind of grow up with those guys as your mentors. Well, if I always feel smarter after we talk to Zoe for an hour. Totally. That's not I even, know. like, that's not a joke. It. That's not an exaggeration. I legitimately do. Zoe, thanks, man. We'll talk to you again soon. Always, man. Right on, man.